All right, so <clears throat> welcome everybody. This is the Caregivers Care Jar podcast, and we are so uh, enthused to be here today. Um, my name is Vaughn Foy. I am the voice brander, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Miss Christy. Christy! Hello, hello, hello. And uh, we are doing our first actual uh, um, Zoom podcast. Um, um, what do you call it? Abroad. And uh, we have our wonderful guest for today that we're just looking forward to, number one, just connecting with. But um, uh, I have a nickname for her, T Harmony, but her name is <laughs> Temple Cartmill, right? Am I saying that right? Yes. Yes. But Temple is fine. There's too many last names to follow. So <laughs> go with Temple. You guys will be able to find me. It's right after the Jewish church. I'm, I'm next in Google. <laughs> Got your Google, Google positioning there. That's good stuff. I do. I've had to fight the Mormon Temple quite a bit in marketing to be able to get right on the page for Temple's World, which is the name of my website. So, yeah. That's interesting. They have good marketing. Wow. Hmm. Wow, <laughs> SEO going on right there. They do. Well, uh, I, you know what, um, uh, Christy has, and I'm going to let Christy kind of talk about um, her relationship with Temple as we get ready to get in here. But we do want you to know, as you, if you're just tuning in and this is your first episode, um, this is the voice and the ears for fellow caregivers across uh, the nations. And uh, as we had just elevated that, we are reaching out to millions of fellow uh, caregivers and for support. And uh, we're all healing together. And we want to, and we have this, we uh, started this uh, just to be a, a place to hear, uh, get encouragement and to get healing and support for answering the call to caregiving. Um, one of the things is, and you hear we say it every episode is that we, uh, answer the call is that this is happening for us and not to us and you're called to be a caregiver and um, and we just answering the call so we want to support in that um, but we have a wonderful wonderful uh, interview today and I'm just going to get out the way so that we can get started uh, but I want Christy to Christy why don't you just share um, you know Temple the longest and uh, kind of share and get ready to kind of introduce her and we're going to start asking questions and start learning about sure her. I can't wait so Temple and I go back to junior high <laughs> we have been giggling and laughing ever since and we have been she we've been in close contact over the years and she's just got the best heart she is so strong and powerful and courageous and she has helped me many, many, many of days through my caregiving with uh, Jeffrey and the grandbabies. So she just always is perky and bubbly and happy and helps me get out of my funk. And yeah, she, I can call her for anything and be like, I am in my stuff please walk me through it. And so she is a big, huge part of my healing and my recovery. And I love her so, so much. And I'm glad we've got to spend over 30 plus years together. Getting it together. <laughs> oh so, my God. Yeah. 30 yes. years. So we've been together since seventh grade. More than yeah. 30, but for, yeah. yeah. So Christy and I were fast friends um, right out of the gate. I think we just like met each other and and fell in love instantly it didn't take long for us to create a relationship we were just like hi ah, we're best friends let's be together <laughs> um, yep. you know <laughs> we're both fast talkers we're both uh loud laughers so together that was like the perfect recipe for um a fun friend uh but of course life took us in two different directions and um She's in California where I grew up and I'm now in Vancouver, Washington, where I've been in the Northwest for over 25 years now. So I left all my childhood friends uh, and lost a lot of those connections. But Christy and I reunited uh, at least 
maybe 15 years ago. Yeah, mm. we just go off and on. Like we, we swim under, we come up. Yeah. <laughs> And when, no, we when go you resurfaced, I think it was the, it was our class reunion. Yeah. Okay. And then that reminded me how much I love Christy and what, you know, how, what a joy she is to have in my life. Even if it's just a phone call once a year, I need to keep that connection going. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, we've, you know, we, like she said, we drift away, but then, and that's kind of the, uh, the mode of the caregiver, right? Kind of disappear. And people are like, where'd she go for five years? <laughs> oh, I was taking care of some stuff. And then you just kind of pop back up and they're like, oh my God, there she is. And she's amazing, you know? Um, so Christy has definitely uh, been a, a, a consistent light that I can always look to that can take me back to my childhood and the best and funnest parts of my childhood that we just our total goofballs and we don't have to think about how hard things are you know you've got to have those friends yeah absolutely absolutely cool 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 well i didn't like i didn't give you a uh, um you know the, the fair professional introduction i have a for introduction intro- all right i'll drink my tea and you say something <laughs> nice about me okay <laughs> well a little bit about temple is that she's been a retail manager and a sales trainer for 15 years. She started a marketing company, which I had been a recipient of her awesome talent um, uh, with her husband back in 2012. So due to her husband's illness, uh, the business had to close. Uh, Temple is in college to receive her bachelor's degree in human services and uh, to support families living with mental health. Temple and her husband, Chris, have been married for eight years together. Uh, No, eight years and together for 10 years. They discovered that Chris was living with schizoaffected bipolar disorder in 2015. I said that right? Yeah, yeah. Schizoaffected or schizoaffected. It's, yeah, close enough. Schizoaffected, huh? And that's my first, I know, that's my first of hearing that term, actually. So uh, definitely want to hear a little bit more about that. So, and... Um, Temple's on the show because she, she's she is sharing about being the spouse caregiver as a spouse. Um, as all of you know, Christy is a caregiver of her son. I'm a son caregiver of my mom, and now we get to get the perspective of um, of, a, of a caregiver as a spouse. Um, so, actually, we're just gonna dive right in. So we know how long you've been married. So that must have been around the time that I met you, like, or not long after when you discovered? It was not long after. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I believe my husband and I were separated at the time that you and I met. So yeah. I had taken over the marketing company on my own. And that's when I was working with um, the designer and her and I, you know, got you as one of our very first clients and mm-hmm. made that awesome brand. And you were... Yeah. Um, amazing it's actually right i gotta shoot i gotta pull the picture down we're we're in the studio and that's that is my brand and my logo audio yes Production. yeah audio newborn productions i love it um so that that was actually probably the first role as caregiving as the spouse was holding life together when your spouse fell apart mm. and at that point we didn't have a diagnosis of bipolar disorder, but there was a, a lot of behaviors that were, you know, extreme behaviors that were showing bipolar disorder, but getting him to a doctor was was quite a challenge. And mm. I think a lot of people, well, first of all, let me just say that uh, I am part of a Facebook group of women mm-hmm. that, uh, women that are married to men with bipolar disorder, and there are thousands of them in this group. And the reason why I feel comfortable talking and saying what I say is because um, there's about 3,000 other women that have the exact same story as me and have gone through the exact same situations as me. So I don't feel like I'm, you know, an anomaly. I feel like it's a very common um, relationship that's happening out there with mental illness where there is a spouse holding things together secretly and people don't know how sick the family is and it takes a long time to get support so um yes i kept the marketing business together 
for a while while my husband was having a mental breakdown. He was having, he had a psychotic break. Mm. And that sounds, that sounds pretty scary when you say those words, because it sounds like, you know, the hospital and crazy people that get locked up in the hospital. But there are lots of people that have psychotic breaks. Mm, right. <laughs> it's, it's very common for people to have psychotic breaks and not be diagnosed with mental illness, or maybe they have mental illness, but they will medicate it with drugs and alcohol and just call it, you know, having a bad year or whatever. So my husband did have a very bad year where he ran away. He mm. literally just ran away and would not come home. Uh, and I took that year to continue our business, actually made more money than he ever did. So, you know, that's what Capricorns do. But uh, <laughs> um, I had to hold things together and I had to make sure that the entire community, uh, I didn't ruin my husband's reputation and everything that he was building, you know, we networked a business and we knew everybody in Portland. And, um, you know, I, I, even though he hurt me, I was hurt. I knew in my heart that he was sick, something was going on. So I didn't go around trashing him and saying, you know, this guy is crazy. This guy, is, he just ripped my heart out, you know, don't ever talk to him. I just kind of put things to the back burner um, and waited till I had some clarity. In the meantime, I had to keep making money, keep paying our bills, keep us alive. Mm. So that was step one of learning how to be a wife caregiver. Wow. So you guys were uh, married in 2012. Yeah. And then, um, and then like, so three years later, so did you, you, you just, you just found out or you discovered when he had his break or did you, um, things were diagnosed before that? Um, he, he had a lot of symptoms going along the way. And I, I, first of all, let me say, I'm no saint. <laughs> I am not the most patient, perfect person. So his overreaction, his fits, uh, you know, I mean, I had those too. So it was kind of like, we were both playing the same game. People easily could have stamped me bipolar. I mean, I'll throw a candle across the room without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of just eruptive, you know, things happening in our relationship. And mm -hmm. once I started to take a step back and say, Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I mean, there's a, there's a difference between just like being a hothead and really not having control of what's coming out of your mouth. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I started to see a difference. Whereas when I would have a fit, I could kind of go on the journey with myself, go into cray cray town, you know, like mm -hmm. and scream and throw something and whatever. But I could, I was still in my body. I still kind of felt myself going down the rabbit hole. Whereas my husband, I felt like he was not even in his body. Mm. That it wasn't him. He wasn't present. Everything I said just like bounced off of him. It wasn't going in. Mm. And things he would say things that he would never say to me in his right mind, you know, or in the light of day, just because he's such a tender-hearted, compassionate person. So there was a big, you know, polarity that started mm. to show where I'm like, who's that guy? You know, wow. that's not my husband. And he would never say that to me or do that to me. So wow. things started to divide. And that's when I started doing some research on mental illnesses and bipolar, you know, kind of defined that. And I was like, wow, I think, I think he's struggling with bipolar disorder. Wow. But trying to tell somebody that I think you have bipolar disorder is... <laughs> Like trying to tell an alien you're an alien, you know? Like, <laughs> no, you're the alien. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I can imagine. Hmm. Interesting. So <clears throat> challenges in one, getting a, um, what do you want to call it? A diagnosis or a, um, or to, uh, what's the word? Kind of not conform, but to kind of agree with, to go to check that out. Uh, yeah, compliance. Yeah, compliance. That's the way. Yeah, to do that. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. That I, I think that's probably the biggest challenge. 
for anyone uh, that's living with somebody with any type of mental illness that is outside of their their consciousness, you know, like depression is is something that's more cognitive. People can usually understand that I, I, I think there's a possibility I might be dealing with depression. Mm. I think there's a possibility I might be dealing with anxiety. But um, with things like bipolar disorder or psychosis or, um, you know, schizophrenia, things like that, they, they kind of are outside of your cognitive thinking. And mm. so it's like this, the person who is sick doesn't know that they're sick, mm. you know? It's wow. like with Alzheimer's, you know, the brain mm -hmm. is very complicated and it has a way to protect itself and say, it's not me, <laughs> it's yeah. you, Something you know, else. get away from me. You're not going to try to fix me. So that's a, a big gap right there. And that's a big part of my mission is to help women specifically. And I'm not trying to be prejudice against men married to women with bipolar believe me it, there's plenty of both to go around sure. but for me i i want to connect with the women because women are a different kind of caregiver you know they really will and vaughn you're a different kind of man you have a bigger heart so you probably will fall in this category as well but women will give until they literally run out right so you know, you, the, the caregiver is usually sick as well. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I want to talk to women on how to continue to survive and even turn your own issues around without having to give up taking care of your spouse. Mm. Because that's the thing is, is when, when women tell you, or a professional like, hey, I'm in an abusive situation. This person is mentally ill. Um, I don't know what to do. The advice they usually get is get away, you know, yeah, get out. Right. So hmm. they don't want to tell people because they know, I knew that if I left my husband alone, he probably wouldn't make it. Wow. And I wasn't going to be able to live with myself if I left him alone and there was nobody that understood what was happening with him. And he ended up on the street, you know, as a homeless wow. person with wow. psychosis, uh, not eating, yeah. you know, he could get killed by somebody on the street because he said the wrong thing. Mm. Uh, the risks of what could happen to him greatly outweighed the risk that I felt that I was putting myself under. And that I was stronger than that. You know, I, I'm strong enough to take it. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, this is where for better or worse comes into hand. For better or for worse, yeah. And that really, I mean, ain't that a bitch. <laughs> we at the worst right now. I mean, yes. You don't know what worse means until you actually get called to the carpet. Yeah, till you're and in. You gotta, yeah, put your money where your mouth is. And uh, <laughs> I, I let me say that I wasn't a huge advocate of marriage in my life either. I didn't, I didn't never, I didn't believe that marriage was something that was effective or successful for very many people. So for me, I was like, I don't I might not even ever get married. And then I did it once and got divorced right away. So I was like, see, this doesn't work at all. <laughs> but the thing about marriage that does match me is that I'm an extremely loyal and committed person. And when my heart is in something, it's yeah. almost impossible to get me out. It's like, I always say my heart is like the mafia. Once you're mm -hmm. in, you never get out, you know? Mm -hmm. um, like so, <laughs> All in. Yeah, I mean, you're in. People quit me long before I quit them. Uh, and that's just the way it is because I always feel that there's another level of communication that can happen. I always believe that healing is possible. Uh, I'm always willing to show up for um, an uncomfortable conversation. Mm. So, you know, there's not a lot of people like that in the world. No. Um, so I think that might make me a little bit different, but it did make me a good wife, turns out, because uh, he was really sick. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, big, uh, I'm a very big um, cheerleader, so to speak, for uh, supportive wives and supportive women and uh i'm very acute 
to like picking that up and um, and noticing it and then also and then giving just major props for that because yeah like you said <clears throat> I can only imagine the first thing is that there's anything whether it's violent or it looks like violence or smells like violence the first thing it is they tell the you know the the wife to you know no you need to get out of there you need to leave and for you to uh, take those steps and 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 really and stay and support and even go through even though you're hurting yeah that's that's super admirable and um um and it, and it's, it's very marked and highly ad admired <laughs> I'll say from a man's perspective <laughs> yeah wow. Yes, I appreciate that. Um, well, like I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a saint type person, uh, but I do believe in, you know, everyday angels, mm. that there's just things that we have to do every day to um, keep consciousness going for people to stay open. And like Christy says, wear your compassionate panties, you know, <laughs> um, stay compassionate when you don't want to be be a good listener when you don't want to be, you know, these are techniques and tools that I've been using for many, many, many years because I believe in growth and evolution. And I, I want to be, I want to kind of master this thing, um, you mm. know, called human so that I can move on to something bigger and better and greater in my life that has less suffering in it, you know? Mm. How, so in being, you know, the wife that's, sticking through there and um and the challenge challenge is i'm sure there's like well you actually have a, a book on it <laughs> um and we'll be talking about here but the challenges of you know sticking through and like you said you're very committed um speaking to our audience and i'm sure there's other spouses that are listening um other wives that are listening as well that aren't like you said there's thousands in the same um situation what were some of your pillars or foundational things that that like just to keep kept you you mentioned some of it but like to that kept you to to stay with the call and to continue to um not leave or not quit um well i think that okay so like where is your calling right i've heard you guys say that like what is your call what brought you to the call um, and I think that people are called, it's kind of like synchronistic in the way you're already doing things that is going to match your calling before you know what your calling is. Mm. Like I, I managed clothing stores for years. Okay. There's, doesn't seem like that would be a huge challenge in life, but actually there, I had to work under so much pressure, mm. um, there's so much work that goes on in running a store that people have no idea because we're all running around with our makeup on and cute clothes, but really you are a construction worker and you are a, you know, a vendor and you are merchandising and you, you have to sell at the same time and you have to train people how to sell at the same time. There's so many pieces happening at once mm -hmm. and the, and the pressure to make it all look good and, and then produce at the same time it groomed me to be somebody that can really survive under high pressure situations. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, this isn't really a good thing, but I thrive on adrenaline, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, people work, people do drugs to get that feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I worked to get that feeling. So stress was my driving factor I mean, I, I wasn't, even, people would never know I was stressed. And even though my store would be producing a million dollars, I looked like we were standing in a boutique having a cup of tea, you know, because stress, the adrenaline was giving me that, you know, the chemicals in the brain that make you happy and get you going and get you charged. And so as soon as the doors opened, my feet were on fire and I would go, 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 go for 10 hours and then shut it down and then go have you know drinks with my coworker girlfriends and cheerlead them and then do it all the next day so mm. i had years of these coping skills oh and then i'd go to church on sunday <laughs> and you know sing my heart out there cry my eyes out get it all out there and volunteer for the church kids and you know it's it just like 
living mm. that type of lifestyle that you can function within a high amount of pressure and high amount of chaos turned out to be my superpower. Wow. Right. And I think that's what happens is that people have a certain personality type that is going to fit perfectly with a calling, you know, Absolutely. like Christy with her kids. She already was this magnificent being before she had kids and she turned out to be the exact match of the kind of person it was going to take to raise mm -hmm. kids that were going to be sick, you know, right. and, and being a, a work in a hospital at the same time, you know, I mean, it just keeps going and going. Yeah. That's an awesome, awesome statement that we're, we're matched. So all of the people that, you know, when we're called to it, we, we've already been prepped, designed, and matched for what our, our calling yeah, is. Yeah, it's like, you don't really have to find your calling. Your calling is going to find you yeah. because your tools are already being groomed before you even got here, you know? Yeah. Your spirit was designed in a way that you were gonna go through certain things and you were going to pick up these tools along the way to deal with things. So everything that we've done since the day we were born has been our foundation to step up to our calling mm. now, all the good all the bad of it right right so I, my mother was somebody that could have been easily diagnosed with mental illness in the 70s but they didn't they didn't really have words for that then right so they did a lot of like you know giving women valium and telling them they have hormone problems and she very much was the manic type of person uh she was never she didn't drink or use drugs but she would have a huge amount of energy and could just like work all day and then clean the house and do the cooking and do the grocery shopping and you know uh discipline the children and get like blah, 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 and then she would crash and she'd sleep mm. for a couple days and she wouldn't want anyone to be around her and that usually came after a raging fit of some kind Hmm. And that, you know, a smack upside the head, things like that was all normal. Um, so I, I was already groomed to wow. be able to love somebody that had mental illness. Wow. So it wasn't unfamiliar to me. Uh, I actually fell in love with many people that had the same behaviors mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I myself had a lot of those same behaviors, but that, that was because it was modeled. It wasn't specifically because of mental illness, you know? Mm. So once I realized that I was modeling, um, I, I was more in control of being able to change it. Uh, but when I saw what my husband was going through, I was like, my love didn't change. You know mm. what I mean? It's kind of like saying, you're not gonna love your mom because She's acting like that. No, you love your mom. You just love right. your mom. Right. <laughs> and that's the way I felt about my husband. Like, my love isn't going to change, but my intellect needs to get, you know, I need to figure this out mm. on how I'm going to be able to be in a better relationship with him and work through this. It's much different as a husband and wife than it is as a parent because, you know, my mom doesn't want to listen to me. I'm her kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Wow. I have two cats in the room and they are really trying to get your attention, Vaughn. They, okay. their little camera, you know, <laughs> their little camera. They're like, I'm good about me. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Wow. Good stuff. Um, you head on here like for uh, a couple of other questions speaking. So you have a book that's coming out and um, and the title of the book is Whoops, I Married a Bipolar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, like why the, why the title, Whoops, I Married a Bipolar? Yeah, well, I wrote the book um, while my husband and I were living in Seaside, Oregon, which is a couple hours um, away from where I live now. And, um, let me just backtrack by saying God really like designed a way for us to be okay through mm -hmm. all of this, you know, um, to have my resources kind of go away where my husband wasn't my business partner anymore. And 
and I, of course I knew how to work and take care of myself, but how, how do I take care of somebody? Um, also, let me say that when my husband had that psychotic break, okay, and this is in the book, so this would be very important for anybody who's dealing with somebody that is undiagnosed to mm -hmm. read this book. Um, after he had a psychotic break, he lost a lot of his short-term memory. Wow. So just the basic things like remembering to brush your teeth, uh, remembering to eat, uh, changing your clothes, you know, like wearing the same underwear for a week. It's like uh, these basic skills um, were gone. And wow. his cognition, meaning just understanding a full sentence, had gone down to like a five-year-old. Wow. So here we are, my husband, who was a tech guy, an SEO marketing guy. And now I have to talk to him like he's five, you know. So honey, I laid your clothes out for you. After we brush our teeth and have some breakfast, I need you to put on clean clothes mm. and then we'll go and sit in the yard for a while and do some bubbles or do go for a walk. You know, our whole dynamic wow. dramatically shifted and, and I was forced into a caregiver role. And this like, like shifted after the, um, what did you call it? Like the, the break, the kind of psychotic break. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So is that, is that a, is that a, um, so is that like a trick, like almost like a, like a stroke or something that it, it just, uh, triggers on and then all of these, these suddenly happen and come on. How, how does that? Well, I'm not a doctor, but I, you know, I have done a lot of reading about the brain and, uh, what, what can happen. And yes, it is common for, I won't say common, but it can happen that somebody who's been untreated for bipolar disorder for some time, mm. their um, symptoms continue to escalate and escalate and escalate. And it puts a lot of strain on the brain until mm. literally the brain is like, I can't run at this high speed anymore. We have to stop. And mm. that's when a psychotic break can happen. Mm. And after that, it's almost like, it's kind of like a traumatic brain injury, you know, like a football player. I was just going to say, sounds like a TBI. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Like you get slammed in the head so many times, the brain is like, boom, I'm at my limit. And a lot of things can get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't know at the time if this was a permanent situation. I took him to all kinds of doctors and neurologists and nobody had any real answers. Wow. Um you know, they just kept saying, let's keep medicating uh, and, and hopefully he will return. But years were going by and it wasn't changing. So I had to change everything about the way I was in this relationship and how mm -hmm. I was going to function and how, you know, I had to start making plans. Like, how am I going to take care of my husband and us? <clears throat> you know, how do I, how do I take care of myself? You know? Yeah. How do I think about our future as a, somebody who's more of now my child than a spouse? You know, <clears throat> a lot of grieving happened, things like that. But I, I was able to come to terms with it because I just thought about all the women in history that have had a spouse that, you know, like went off to war and came back with no legs mm -hmm. or, you know, came back with PTSD or, you know, Asian orange and stuff like that, where they just were no longer the person that they married. Right. And <clears throat> I just tapped into that resiliency of the women in, in history, you know, and tried to see myself in that bigger picture instead of just like, Oh my God, this is happening to temple. I mm. thought about myself, like I'm part of the women in history that wow. have had spouses that have been disabled and what what did those women do you know they just stepped up and did it right so wow. I, I took my time to cry and grieve and do all that stuff like christy says you know go in the bathroom cry your eyes out driving in the car i couldn't go anywhere i'd drive the second i shut the door until i get to my destination and then okay <laughs> um so i learned how to get that energy out of me uh wherever i could at church and you know 
whether it be just a few minutes or uh, an hour long therapy session, I w made sure that I was moving that energy out of me and not just holding it in. Right. Yeah, because self care is so vital and important. Yes. But that takes me back to the whoops part, you know, like one of my girlfriends said, that sounds sad that you say, whoops, I married a bipolar, you know? And I'm like, well, did you grow up dreaming that someday you'll meet this beautiful man that has psychosis and runs away from you? <laughs> it's, not, right. it's not what you plan for. Not quite the vision, yeah. Yeah, it's not quite the vision, is it? <laughs> you, you plan on two stable people going through some stuff, you know, maybe having some illnesses to conquer, but no nope, to their way through life. Yeah. You don't plan for disability. You, mm -hmm. you don't plan for disability. You don't marry for disability. There's some people that do, you know, there's some people that are already disabled before they get married. And and then that's a conscious decision. But most people going in healthy don't plan that your spouse is going to be disabled at some point, yeah. especially early in the marriage. Or right so, away, yeah. Yeah. Right, right away after marriage. Whoops, like, Oh, whoops. What did I do? You know, like I, my, we're supposed I, to be healthy for 30 years first. Right. Yeah. I like Alzheimer's is supposed to be way out there. You know, I'm not supposed to be giving you baby food for another 40 years. Right. Right. Wow. And, yeah. and, and I think we have to learn to laugh, <laughs> you know, because mental illness is so serious. Nobody knows how to talk about it. Everybody is putting out, you know, posts, take me seriously, take my disease seriously, take, okay, okay, yes. We mm -hmm. all know how serious mental illness is. It is deeply serious. It affects people in a deeply profound way. It ruins lives, it ruins families, I get it. Mm -hmm. If I don't know how to laugh and get through a day, then I'm not gonna be available for the people I love. So I have yeah. to make fun of my husband in the same way I make fun of myself, <laughs> you know, like he, does, what, does he get a free pass just because he's got bipolar, you know, like I make fun of myself and the stupid things I do all the time, <laughs> and, you know, and he has a pass to make fun of me too. So sometimes I go, okay, bipolar, you want to take the day? <laughs> I mean, we're going to fight about it, but you know, if BP wants to win, I guess you're going to win, you know? <laughs> Wow. And my husband and I have learned to become a better team where it's him and I that are working against bipolar instead of him and bipolar working against me. Wow. You know, so yeah. I'm also helping him to learn to laugh at, at his situations and, right. you know, like, yeah, um, because this is where knowledge is power and open, honest communication and him you know, the beauty of you holding him accountable, like, honey, I'm here to help you help me help you. I say that all the time to my son. So I'm like, hmm. where are you at? Let's figure it out together and we'll get through it. But if you isolate yourself, that makes it even harder. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you do end up isolating. You're doing such a great job at it. Hmm you end up isolating no matter what, because there's not a lot of people that understand where you're at. And um, even though everybody around is very loving and compassionate and they want to help, mm. it's really outside of a lot of people's comfort zone, you know, to help at the yeah. level that, that you need. So mm. I have selected people, you know, like Christy has been through more than any person I know on this planet and is still able to smile. Right. So that would make you think, well, I can't call Christy and talk to her about my problems. She's got mm -hmm. too many problems of her own, right? Mm -hmm. No, actually, Christy is the perfect person for me to talk to when I'm crashing because yeah. she knows what it, what a crash feels like and she knows it's not the end of the world. Right. And she knows that um, I'm going to be okay tomorrow, you know, and, mm -hmm. and have, being able to be of service when you have been through so much yourself it is a restorative you know it's a restorative service yeah because we run run uphill 
And uh, a lot of times we get pooped and exhausted and we get fearful because it's like, if I'm not running uphill, saving this situation, who's going to do it? So when we know we're at our limit, then we, we get, for me anyway, I definitely get anxious and I'm like, who's going to take the reins? So Mm -hmm. yeah, being able to call those other people that can help you with those life skill tools and say, Hey, okay, this is where we're at. What fact meaning are we putting to this? Let's look at it from a different point of view and you're going to be okay. You're strong, you're courageous, you're loving, you're powerful. And the best part is, is you get to share this with the world and it's going to help all of us heal. So, yeah, it's just, it's, it's scary to step into our power, but it's so worth it for the people Mm -hmm. that we love and take care of. Hmm. I mean, I give bipolar so much credit for my strength. I wasn't. I wasn't anywhere near the the type of resilient person that I was before mm-hmm. I got to know bipolar, <laughs> even though I, uh, you know, I could be a, a good leader, good boss type person. And I was a foster parent too, for teenagers, which is a whole other podcast, but um. <laughs> you know, I put myself in scary situations because I feel like I have the foundation that can go through something hard and not be broken by it. Um, but I had no idea what bipolar was going to teach me about my own self-worth. Wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause it's not happening to you. It's happening for you, honey. Right. And that's a, uh, you know, Vaughn, you were asking me like, what are my pillars? <clears throat> well, I, I, I'm not a religious person. Uh, my spiritual background is, um, the Center for Spiritual Living Church that I've gone to for over 25 years. And they are a principle that says change your thinking and change your life. And also a principle that um, you are the co-creator of your life. So for 20 years, like since I was 20 years old, I was in a, a environment that anytime I had a problem where I wanted to go, that person hurt me or that situation is not fair and it's hurting me. Mm. Uh, my, you know, my mentors would say, and Temple, what's mm. your part in this? Mm. And I'll go, no, I don't know, nothing, them, they suck. And I, you know, yuck, them, bad. And, <laughs> and they would say, no, Temple, you, 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 where are you in this? Why do you need this? Why do you need to see that? Why do you want this? You know, and just to take full accountability for the things that were happening and happening in my life, the good and the bad and the worst of it, and know that I, on some level, made an agreement to experience this. It, you know, it's a very hard pill to swallow. It's very tough to say that to people that have been abused. Like, Mm. oh, you did, you created that. And, you know, why would anybody create that? Hmm. Well, why would I, you know, there are reasons, (laughs) there are reasons that I've created abuse in my life and it's resulted in some pretty powerful things about me that nobody can take away. So we don't learn through simplicity. You know what I mean? We learn through complexity Hmm. and through adversity and through uphill battles and, you know, Maybe I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed and I really needed to have a big two by four to say, hey, 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 (laughs) you are valuable. It doesn't matter what anybody says about you. It doesn't matter if some person with schizophrenia, psychosis is standing in front of you telling you you're the devil. Um, You are still valuable and you deserve love and you deserve safety. (laughs) You know, and I had to come to that on my own and I kept trying to find it out there in a man usually Mm. or in a job or in my, you know, girlfriends where I try to find my safety and try to find um, my, my happiness and my value. And it wasn't until all that was stripped away. Literally, I lost my jobs. I lost my career. I lost all my money. I lost my networks. Uh, I lost my health. I lost everything. And yet there was still this guy that was telling me how horrible I was. And I, I had to go back to my tools and my resources that said, 
I am the co-creator of my life. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what is outside of me. The truth is what is inside of me. And what is inside of me says I am lovable and I am valuable and I am worthy of safety and I am worthy of support. And that's what gave me the pillar to be able to stand in front of a lion and say, you know, I don't believe you. Right. Wow. I don't believe you. Not only do I don't believe you, but I love you. Hmm. <laughs> and in, in my husband's illness, in the middle of his worst, worst illness, he looked at me and he was not in his body. I felt the presence of something very terrible in his eyes that told me, you are not strong enough to handle this. Wow. And tried to scare me away right there in that moment. And a strength came up in me that I didn't even have to search for. It just came up by itself, you know, because I've been practicing that long enough that my reactions were were on autoplay and and the strength just came out and said doesn't matter if i'm strong enough god knows what to do hmm. i don't need to beat you that's between you and god right bye and then i walked away and and then he turned around and he was like hey babe we're gonna have cupcakes or you know <laughs> so, wow the darkness wow. can move when it's not something that you run from, you know, sometimes you just have to look right at it and go, I don't believe you. Face it face on. Yeah. I don't believe you. Hmm. And, and, and that's something for women too. Women are, women are taught to believe what people say. Um, we're taught to respect what everybody says, you hmm. know, N not confront. And, yeah. Don't you know, be confrontive. Don't mm -hmm. be confrontational. Don't, don't make people ladylike. Gotta be ladylike. Gotta be ladylike. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to learn to say, I don't like that. Right. <laughs> you know? right. I don't like that. And I don't want that. You know? So now I'm the advocate. I'm the voice for my husband who mm -hmm. can't speak for himself. He can now. We've gone a long, long way from recovery. But wow. for five years, four and a half years, he could not speak for himself. Wow. So thank God that there are advocates within the family. You have to be the voice, you know, you have and to be the educator the and all right. those. You get to help the doctors help you help them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Don't get started on the medical system, Christy. I, I, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's book two. I mean, that That's my second book. Going upstream. I know. Wow. Well, that's why I'm in school because there is a need. There's a huge need for caregivers that are in the community that that understand that every illness is a family illness, mm. and that every therapy should be family therapy. Yeah, um, I believe that, and I'm going to teach that, and I'm going to preach that when I get into the community, um, and I'm going to bring up other counselors that know that. Uh, include the family, include the spouse, hear the spouse, you know, they are the ones there, they are the eyes and ears of everything that's going on. So I got pushed out a lot by the medical system. They kept trying to kick me out of the office, you know, well, we want to talk. You to don't Chris. fit in their box. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like this is his illness. We need to talk to him. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, call me back in 10 minutes when he tells you that the sky is green and he's going to build a million dollar company. Okay. Uh, uh, see you later. Have a good time with that. You know? <laughs> wow. And sure enough, they'd call me back and go, uh, Temple, can you tell me anything about his symptoms? And I, yes, as a matter of fact, I can tell you every single symptom, every single thing that's going on with him because I've been recording it in here and in my phone and I've got it because I'm his advocate. Right. I'm his advocate. So I, I have to sit in the room. I have to be here. I didn't, this isn't vacation for me. You know right. what I mean? Right. And that's how they right. treated me a lot of time. Like, uh, like I was imposing, like, you know what? Wow. I, there's other things I would much rather be doing, but here <laughs> I am. You know why? Because I am a faithful servant and got every time I ask God, is it time for me to quit? He said, no. 
So if I believe that God is my source and my guidance and that he can see further than I can, then I have to trust that the words I hear are for my best good and for the best good of the situation, you know, and maybe I made a divine agreement with my husband before we even got here that we were going to go through this, Mm. you know? And if I'm going to sign up for it, then I better be willing to follow through. Wow. doesn't mean to say that I didn't put my own stuff out there. You know, God and I were very tight. I, I, I don't have the dogma that a lot of people do around religion. So I can say whatever I want. I use cuss words and I throw fits and I cry. And God knows that that's me. You know, that's how I need to communicate right now. So sometimes I'm like, look. I can't do this right now. I need you to open a door for me. I need you to give me something back, you know, mm-hmm. help me. I can't do this right now. And then every single time something wonderful would happen, you know, something would break through for me where I would get an opportunity to go listen to some music with somebody mm-hmm. or, you know, I'd get a chance to sing what I haven't sang in a long time, or I would see a movie that I was dying to see. Something would open up where I would be restored to say, hey, Temple, you know, we're, we're here. You know, the angels are going ahead. They're walk, walking this walk with you. You're not alone. You don't have to die from this, but it is hard, you know? Right. Yeah, because growing pains don't tickle, and this too right. shall pass. Yeah. <laughs> My two favorite things to get me through everything. Wow. <laughs> growing pains don't tickle. That's all right. Wow. Awesome. Well, look, we've already burned our hour. Look how fast I know. There. I'm looking at the time. I'm like, oh man. Okay. Yeah. Wow. This is good. 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 Good stuff. Um. Well, I guess I just kind of wrap up. Uh, I find it, was there a point, Christy, that you had that you wanted to ask or bring up about that we haven't caught yet? I have one. Just that I really, I really um, want to honor Temple and the fact that you know through talking and and she's mentioned it several times through the podcast is stopping and self-honoring refilling up because we do fight a tough battle sometimes and it's okay to take a break it's okay to ask for leverage it's okay to say god if you don't step in (laughs) you're gonna be having two of us going crazy (laughs) because I too can relate to that. And I just want to honor her because she had said it several times. Mm -hmm. Um, It is so vitally important. We as caregivers have got to keep our cup filled and overflowing that when we do face our growing pains and our tough times, we have enough energy in our cup to get through, you know, what God is bringing us through. Mm -hmm. Yes, Christy, you know, and there's a thing that people would say all the time that it would actually like turn me off when they say, you know, you have to fill up your own cup first. You can't help anybody if your cup isn't full. And I'm like, uh, really? Because I've done it plenty of times. <laughs> you know, I've been running on fumes and still taking care of business plenty of times. So that philosophy is supportive for somebody who has a small plate but for somebody who has a very large plate that is filled every day, you're going to end up running on fumes some days, you know, you're going to live on um, crackers and coffee. You know what I mean? Those days are going to happen. You're not going to be able to take care of yourself 100% every time. But if you do have a practice of self care as a habit running in the background, then it will catch up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I would say to it people, does. like, I, my cup doesn't get empty because I always keep the valve open for God to get in. Even if I don't pray that day, or if I haven't mentioned anything spiritual that day, my habit of having an open valve of love coming from my source is always going to be working, whether I have to think about it or not. So you don't have to be religious to have your source on autopilot to keep you filled up, you know, 
And even if that just means saying, God, fill me up today, or God, I love you. Remind me how much you love me, you know, quick sound bites to where you make that reconnection. And then you don't have to do so much work. You don't have to spend hours in prayer. You don't have to be on your knees all day. You know, you are a working spiritual being that is living a life of service that can be refilled automatically as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Constant communication, constant connection. And you know, and it's, it's um, the more and more, uh, and, and thank you so much uh, Temple for, uh, excuse me, T Harmony uh, for uh, bringing all, all of this because as a caregiver and like when uh, Christy and I started this, it's like in sharing and all the stories and everyone that I, that we connect with that are caregivers, it's like it brings this about and I learn more and more about really um, what we go through, uh, the calling of it, how it's developed us, how it's molded us, how it's grown us up, how it's um, um, and the main thing is really realizing how much of a of a connection we didn't have or we thought we had before this time uh, with God. It's like, yeah. you know, the, your faith is like, it, now you want to talk about faith. It's like every day we talked about, you know, we don't know what the day is going to hold. Um, I can only imagine in your case, you know, it's like, you, you don't know what the day is going to hold and, and you're expecting the unexpected all the time. And it's, it's a definite uh, faith walk and a trust walk. And, yeah. and, and, and you don't, unless you're in it, you don't, you don't really know what, what faith at this level is. Um, yeah. Walking in the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. You trusting. Know, I called it um, being completely alone with God. Hmm. You know, yeah. I, I'm a very social person. Um, hmm. and so I've been in church community a lot and spiritual community a lot. And I've always needed that communal support mm. right up until I didn't have it. <laughs> wow. And for the first time I was alone with God. I didn't, people didn't know what was going on because I was afraid for them to see what was happening. And I very much heard the conversation with God in my head, you know, like, Hey, it's just me and you kid. Mm. You know? And I, and I told God, mm better speak loud and clear because mm. you're the only one I'm listening to now. Wow. Make sure I have the ears that hear. Yeah. yeah. And so I, we made that agreement. I said, God, I will do what you say if you make sure I hear it. And so I tuned everybody else out. I tuned the doctors out. I tuned the counselors out. I tuned this pastors out. I literally had to tune out every single person right. and all and check in with God on every single piece mm. so that I had the confidence to say, you know, yay or nay, hmm. you know, like, yeah, we'll do that treatment. Yeah. We'll do that procedure. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I, I just created a relationship to where, you know, I mean, I hear voices too. You call me, you hmm. call me schizophrenic, but I hear that voice every day. Uh, and I'm talking to this guy too, just like my husband, they call him bipolar, but you know, they call me spiritual. So who knows? Um, but I listen to those voices and so does my husband. And, and that's what I had to believe was that God is in my husband. God is speaking through my husband and no matter what he looks like on the outside and the appearance to the earthly world, he is still a spiritual being having a spiritual experience. And I had to honor that in some kind of way, you know, and hold him hold him in that so he could go through what he needed to go through to heal. Wow. Which leads me to the book two. Book one is whoops. I married a bipolar, which is our story up until we got a diagnosis and everything that I had to go through to get him to get that initial diagnosis of schizo affected, which basically means that he had a lot of um, like psychosis where he thought things were happening that weren't happening. A lot of mm-hmm. paranoia uh, he, he thought I was against him, you know, turned me mm. into you're, you're trying to get me type thing. Um, that was a big challenge to overcome, but we did get there. And then the next book will be how we navigated through the mental health system mm. for several years. Right. Um, people wow. don't know how to call the hotline and get help. 
people don't know that there is a gene site test that you can take to make sure that your medication is not going to have terrible side effects. Hmm. Uh, there, there's a lot of resources that people have no idea how to navigate through and I had to find out the hard way. So I want to make sure people have those resources. You can find a lot of that on my um, Instagram account, which is whoops, I married a bipolar. And my book is on my website, which is templesworld.org. It's in an ebook form, but I am hoping to get it, you know, um, legitimately published on print and on Amazon. But as you know, I'm a broke student who's going to school full-time and taking care of my husband full-time. So um, hmm. that's what I'm doing right now to get the word out and hopefully people can buy the ebook and then I can turn that into a publication. Nice. Hmm. Something just kind of, um, <laughs> this is weird. No, it's not weird. <laughs> I think there's, I think, in some way, somehow, there'll be a sponsor for your book because this definitely um, expect expect a sponsor for that. I received that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. It just kind of dropped down. Hey, so on like, tape. <laughs> Christy, claim it. Claim it. A sponsor is coming. I believe yeah. that as well. I believe that as well. Because this okay. has been uh, absolutely powerful. Um, absolutely um, heart changing and life changing and thank you so much for sharing your journey and uh, that's still going to come and uh, there's still more to come and I'm sure we're going to have you uh, back at some time in the future and um, to uh, when maybe when that second book comes on all along <laughs> yeah and even just for updates right yeah what's that um, update Oh, yeah. yeah, I, I just love you guys so much. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you're exactly the kind of people that I intentionally want to align with, um, because you're heart leaders and, you know, mm -hmm. but you're still real people. Um, I don't, I don't do well with dogma. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, I need to be real. I need to be myself. I need to be my, you know, obnoxious self at times and people still get that my heart is leading, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate you too, just for starting this little adventure, mm, having yeah. the courage to just speak up and just create a platform because there's caregiving is such a vast topic. It's endless really. Yeah. Yeah. Thank really you for letting me, gosh, even have this time to share a portion of our story. And I, I, I pray that we all get it out there and can touch people's lives. Yes, the millions. The millions. Yeah, millions. we're all here healing together. Yeah, all here healing. So I want to make sure that our audience, um, I'm going to be putting in the in the show notes and in the the description. Uh, so that's uh, templesworld.org is your web is uh, Temple's website. Um, we'll type it up here or yeah in the show notes. And make sure you go in and um, whoops, I married a bipolar is the book and currently ebook, but soon to be a sponsored um, published book and an audio book. Yes, sir. I'm yes. Gonna on, I'm gonna work on that that part. That's gonna be in my hand. Um, we gotta get you on yeah. Audible. <laughs> and that's also my Instagram account. And on my Instagram account, I have lots of videos in the IGTV section. Nice. literally it is raw footage it is not me put together it's me in at midnight you know with a camera going i think i'm gonna die here you know mm. so um i just wanted to make sure people saw that this is you know something that really happens behind closed doors and and i know what's happening in your home too so uh the last podcast i did was almost a year ago and i had uh, lots of women reach out to me through Instagram and say, your wow. story is my story. Wow. So I just want to invite the women out there that if you hear this, don't be afraid to reach out to me on Instagram and just say, Hey, I'm losing my mind. Or can you just please listen? Cause that's the whole point yeah. is that I can listen and I'm not going to judge you and I'm not going to even tell you what to do, mm. but I can tell you what I've done, you know? 
Right. And know that you have it in you to figure the rest out. Wow. Awesome blessing. I'm going to make sure we sign up and get your Instagram, um, reach out everybody, uh, check out her website, check out her book and definitely get it to download it. Um, the help is here, the resources are here and, and uh, I'm sure Temple will um, give all that she knows and all of who she is. Uh, I Man, I can't say thank you enough. Uh, this has been great. But we will we will just set the rest of the time for another time. <laughs> oh my gosh, please. Yes. Can we do this every day? I just I know. love you guys' faces. You're so <laughs> <beautiful>. <laughs> and thank yes. You. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys with all my heart. Yeah, love so you so much, sweetheart. So everybody out there, please uh, share uh, this podcast, Caregivers Care Jar. Uh, share this episode. Um, we'll have this both on our Facebook group and on all of the um, podcast channels like Stitcher and iTunes or Apple Podcasts is what it's called now, and all of those, um, Spotify, and uh, share, leave your comments. And if you have any questions or things for Tempo, if you don't get it directly and you just want to go to our webpage, uh, please visit, um, and it is thecaregiverscarejar.com. And uh, we want to look for your support questions and, um, and, and your story. Uh, we want to hear if there's others out there. Uh, we want to have you as an interview and also to just share your story um, and support and help help us all heal together as we go forward. All right. That's it for now. And thank you again, Temple. We love you. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you on next time. So tune in out. My name is Vaughn Foy, the voice brander. And Miss Christy is on tune. And we're heading out. And Temple, have a good one. We thank you so much. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. All righty. Bye. Bye.